Well, today we're going to begin a new series called All In. Say All In. Are we all in? See, anything less is unacceptable. Hey, do you think that your mate would be okay with less than this in your marriage? Think it'd be all right with them if if you're not all in? How about your boss? Would he or she be okay if, if you were less than all in concerning your position or your job or your, or your place of responsibility? Today we're going to talk about being all in for Jesus. How many believe that's a good idea? All in for Jesus. By the way, are you? Are you all in for him? Are you all in or something less? Are you all in or are you on the fence? Are you all in or half out? Are you a chameleon Christian? You know, one who changes colors in order to blend in? Here's what I know, and that is those who are chameleons blend in. Those who are all in stand out. And here's what we need to understand this morning. When it comes to being all in, God led the way. God led the way. So the first thing that I want to talk about today is I want to talk about God's example for us. God's example. How many know that God set the example for us of being all in? See, See, when it comes to providing salvation for us, God was all in. Let me share three things this morning about our salvation. First of all, let me suggest that it would require God's best. How many would agree with that this morning? When it came to purchasing our salvation, it would require God's best. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son so that anyone that would believe in him would not have to perish but would be able to enjoy eternal life. I like what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 8. Paul writes, he says, though Jesus was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Paul says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took up the form of mortal man being born as a human being. For Jesus to become our Savior, he had to be all in. Yeah, he had to be all in. He had to lay aside all of his rights and all of his privileges as, as God, and he had to take on all of the pressures of man. Think about it. Have you ever thought about it? Can you even imagine what Jesus had to leave behind when he, when he left heaven to come to earth? You know, all of us are wanting to get out of earth, right? We're wanting to get out of here and go to heaven. But think about Jesus. He had to do the exact opposite. He was in heaven and had all of heaven uh, was his, and yet he had to leave it and come to planet earth. Can you imagine trading serenity for sorrow? Can you imagine, can you imagine trading peace for pressure or honor for harassment Life or death? Yeah, when it comes to being all in, God set the bar so high that it will never be exceeded. All in for God meant sending his son. All in for Jesus meant giving his life. 
Notice the second thing about God's example for us, and that is it would reach man's worst. Yeah, it would reach man's worst. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 40, verse number two, he writes and he says, he lifted me up out of, say out of. Yeah, he says, God lifted me up out of the pit of of despair, out of the mud and the mire. And then he set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. And the writer of Hebrews writes in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, speaking of the Lord, he writes and he says, He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. How often have I heard people say something like this? Well, I've just been too bad to be saved. Well, I've just been too wicked. I've just been too vile. Oh, God couldn't or wouldn't save me. Hear me this morning. Don't flatter yourself. Don't flatter yourself. God has saved far worse than you. I'll never forget a a man in Midland when when I pastored there. This man was known for his drug addiction and his drunkenness. He was a man without hope. He was on the bottom And he was still digging. His uncle just happened to attend my church. And this nephew of of this man, this man I'm talking about, he, he, he worked for his uncle. Well, that is when he wasn't drunk or when he wasn't strung out on drugs. Well, because of the nature of the job, they they had to drive to work locations. Often it was an hour, two, even three hours to get to to the work location. My member, his uncle, would play recordings of my preaching. He had a captive audience. He had his sinner nephew in the truck with him. And so my member, his uncle, would play recordings of my sermons with his nephew right sitting there beside him. And this nephew would would complain and he would say, turn that blankety-blankety-blank preacher off. I can't stand it. But the uncle continued to play my sermons day after day after day after day. Eventually, the Holy Spirit began to work upon him. To make a long story short, this man got saved. He got gloriously saved. He got delivered. He got totally cleaned up. He even eventually became a musician on the worship team. An absolute miracle. This man from his very lips said to me, Pastor, if God can save me, he can save anyone. Hear me this morning, because God is all in. He doesn't pick and choose who he saves. There's no limit, no limit on his saving power. If you are here this morning and you think you're too bad to be saved, oh, you think you're too far gone for God to reach, oh, you are mistaken this morning because because God gave his best. He can save man at his worst. Let's look at the third thing here, and that is not only With God's example of being all in for us, not only would it require his best, not only it would reach man at its, at his worst, but also he would, it would release man's shame. Have you ever done or been a part of something that you are ashamed of? Oh, you're so holy. 
I have. Would you like me to tell you about it? <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> You're nosy too. I have, all of us have. One of, the, one of my very favorite Bible stories of all the Bible stories is the parable of the prodigal or lost son. You can read about it in the book of Luke, chapter number 15. Jesus tells a story about a man. The Bible says, and Jesus says, this man had two sons. And one day, Jesus said the younger son came to his father and asked his father for, a share, for his share of the inheritance, asking for his inheritance before his father died. Well, Jesus said the father gave it to him. And since the boy had his share of the inheritance, he had what he wanted. Jesus said the boy left and left home and left the family. And Jesus said that this, that this, this boy, this son, wasted his father's money, wasted his inheritance on, on wine, women, and song. And Jesus said that in time, a, a, a famine swept through the land, and, and this young man found himself financially destitute. <laughs> and the government didn't send him a stimulus check. He was so down and so out. He was so desperate. Oh, that the story goes that that he actually found himself in the pig pen and he was just about to eat from the pods, just about to eat the pig slop that he was feeding the pigs. But all of a sudden he had a flashback. He he, he remembered his father. He remembered his father's generosity. He remembered how good his father was and how good he had it back home. So he decided he's going to return home. And so he climbs up out of the pig pen. He makes the journey back to his father's house. Now you have to understand there's a vast difference from the way that he looked when he left and the way he looked when he came back. When he left home, he left looking and smelling like a king's kid, man. He had the finest of clothing and jewelry and smelled so good. He, he, he left his father's home looking and smelling like a king's kid. But when he returned home, he returned with the look and smell of shame. He had drug, sin had drug him to the very bottom. What would the father think when he saw him? How would his father react to him? Would he even recognize his son? I can't even imagine what this boy must have been thinking on his journey back home. Well, maybe he's thinking, will my father punish me? Will he, will he punish me? Will he reprimand me? Will he reject me? Will, will, will he tell me, you made your bed, boy, now you lie in it? How am I going to be received? What what is my father going to do to me when I get back home? Oh, what would the father do about his son's shame? Well, the story goes something like this. When the son sees his father, oh, he says to his father, Father, I've sinned. Father, I have sinned. Father, I have shamed you. Father, I do not deserve to be your son. Oh, if only I could just come back and serve you. If only I could just come back as a slave. But the story goes that the father released him from his shame. He said to his servants, bring 
bring the best robe and put it around him. Oh, oh, bring the best robe and put it around him. The father said, cover up his shame. I don't want anybody to see my boy in the situation and the shame that he has come home in. Bring, bring a robe. Cover him up. And bring a ring for his hand, that, that family ring, all oh, that has the family insignia of it. I want everybody to know. They may not be able to know by looking, but they can see by the ring. He's my boy. And bring shoes for his feet because only slaves go without shoes. I don't want anybody to mistake my son for a slave. Bring shoes for his feet all. Oh. oh, and kill the fatted calf. Let there be music. Let there be dancing. My, my son was dead to me, but now he's alive. He was lost, but he is found. Oh, oh, he embraced his son and loved his son and covered his, and covered his shame. Oh, my son has come home. And hear me this morning, that is exactly what God does for us when we humble ourselves and come to Him. Oh, we're talking about being all in this morning, all in. Listen, God has set the example for us for what all in is all about. All right, we've talked just a little bit about God's example for us. Now let's talk a little bit about God's expectation from us. Jesus said in Mark chapter 12 and verse number 30, Jesus says, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Say all. All. How much is all? Yeah, friend, just as God is all in for us, he expects us to be all in for him. I want you to notice four areas where God wants us to be all in at. First of all, first of all, he wants our affection. God wants our affection. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Say heart. Yeah, Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Hear me, hear me, friends. God wants to be more to us than just a fire escape. Wants to be more to us than just someone that keeps us out of hell. He wants to be more than just our Savior. He he, he wants to be our friend. He wants more out of us than mere religion. He wants a relationship. Let me ask you this this morning. Do Do you ever talk to the Lord? Do you talk to the Lord throughout your day? Or do you just reserve him for Sunday? He's your Sunday God got to put my God, you know, we see it on Facebook all the time on Sunday, got to get my worship on. And I know what they're saying, but it's almost like I haven't worshiped all week, so I got to get my worship on. It's Sunday, got to get my worship on. It's Sunday, got to get my Jesus on. Do you talk to the Lord throughout your day, or do you reserve him for Sunday? Or do you reserve it just for, you know, your formal prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He wants to be more. He wants to be your friend. He wants a relationship. I wonder what my wife, would, how she would be if I would say, my most wonderful wife, how art thou today? <laughs> She'd put me in a home quicker than I'm going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Do you talk to the Lord throughout your day or do you reserve him for Sunday or when you have your formal prayer time? Listen, I can't speak for you, but I love just randomly, randomly, randomly several times throughout my day just saying out loud, God, I love you. God, you are so awesome. Lord, you are so wonderful. Lord, you, Lord, you, I don't deserve your blessing. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your love. God, oh, God, it's wonderful to be your child. I love to do that throughout my day. How about you? Oh, listen, if we are all in for Jesus, that means we have more than just a Sunday morning religion. We have a, we have a daily connection. We love him with all our heart. He has our affection. But not only does God want and expect our affection, but also he wants, he wants our alignment. Jesus said we must love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all our soul. Say soul. Pastor, what is our soul? Well, our soul is the essence of who we really are. Our soul is who we are. What makes us unique? What makes us an individual? Including our personality, including our gifts and our talents and our abilities that he gave us. Our soul our soul is is the essence of who we are. It's what makes us us. Jesus said that if we are all in for him, then then we are going to love him with our soul. We will love him with our whole soul. We will not hold anything of ourselves back from him. Everything we have and everything that we are, we will give it to the Lord. God expects our alignment. He expects us to align our will with his will. Even as Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. But oh, not only does God want our affection, not only does God want our alignment, also he wants our attention. Jesus said that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all our mind. Do you ever think about the Lord? Do you ever think about the Lord? Do you ever think I wonder how God would see this. I wonder how God would feel about this as you contemplate your involvement in something. Do you ever ever include God in the equation? Do you ever think about God? Hey, loving God with our mind also includes loving his word. Loving his word. And using our mind to read his word, to absorb his word, and then to obey his word. Think about this this morning. How, how would your girlfriend or your boyfriend feel if they, if they wrote you letters but you never read them? And here you've got a whole stack of love letters from, from your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but, but you don't even read them. I wonder how God feels about it when he has given us a love letter. When he's written to us, and yet we just let that love letter, we just let those words, we just let his communication to us, just let it sit on the coffee table or 
in the bookshelf or in the car. Loving God with our mind includes using our mind to be deliberate in obeying his word and not just relying on our feelings to motivate us. Too many Christians only only allow their feelings to motivate them. The only time you can get them to do anything is if they feel like it. Oh, and if you're a charismatic, full gospel, Pentecostal, uh, you know, Christian, you know, you know, you got to feel led. Well, I just don't feel led. Well, you don't have to feel led if the Bible says it. And if you need to feel led, I carry around a lead pencil with me and you can just come by and I'll let you feel led. Loving God with our mind includes using our minds to be deliberate in obeying his word and not just relying on our feelings to motivate. Listen, feelings are are fickle. Feelings rise and they fall. They come and they go. We must learn to love God with our mind as well as our heart. Loving him by decision, not by goosebumps. Let him by using our mind to learn his word, and through his word, we can learn how to please him. Well, finally, along with giving God our affection and our alignment and our attention, he, he wants our allegiance. Yeah, he wants our allegiance. Jesus said to love, to love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Jesus said, love God with all your strength. Oh, I'm afraid that we have too many weak Christians today. Christians who have no endurance. The early Christians faced much persecution. And this persecution either strengthened them or it separated them. Hear me this morning, church. Persecution is coming to to the church today and has already started. This pandemic has exposed a whole lot of weak Christians. Political platforms that target and go against clear biblical teaching has resulted with much waffling and compromising from many Christians and even Christian leaders. Tolerance is the new doctrine of the day. And anyone who isn't is persecuted for it. Now hear me clearly this morning. I believe in being tolerant to differing opinions. You don't have to have the same opinion that I have. You can have a wrong one. And I'm still going to love you. Come on. You don't have to think just like I do. You don't have to dot your I's, cross your T's exactly like I do. You don't have to be of the same political persuasion that I am. I believe in being tolerant to different opinions. I believe in being kind and loving to people, even people that break God's laws. I'm 
I'm not talking about being in agreement with him. I'm not talking about participating with him. I'm talking about I can still be kind. I can still be tolerant. But here this morning when people or politics try to mandate that I comply with their laws that break God's laws. And not only are they going to break God's laws, but they're going to tell me I've got to break God's laws. Are they going to mandate to me breaking my own personal God-given convictions? Hear me, that's where I draw the line. I will not tolerate that. I will not tolerate that. I will not comply to that. And this, my friend, is what is going to separate the men from the boys. This, my friend, is what is going to separate the committed from the uncommitted. This, my friend, is what is going to separate the weak from the strong. Friend, God is looking for some people who will be all in. All in some people who will love him in the good times as well as in the bad times when Christianity is popular. And a few decades ago, we had a decade or so there where Christianity and being born again was popular. I was alive during that time. There was a day, there was a time when being a born again Christian was popular. But God is looking for some people who will be all in whether Christianity is popular, being born again is popular, or whether it is unpopular. Whether it is popular or whether it is being persecuted and it is being persecuted today. I'm asking you this morning and more than that I believe that God is asking us this morning who is going to be all in? You hear me this morning, Satan is all in. Satan is all in. He's all in for an all-out attack on the church and on Christianity today. And you hear me this morning, only those who are all in for Jesus, only those that are all in for the Lord, only those that are all in for the Word of God, only those that are all in for God this morning, only those that are all in are going to survive his attack. How about you this morning? Are you all in? Are you all in or are you half out? Are you all in or you're only in until persecution comes? You're only in as long as it's popular. You're only in as long as it's easy. Are you all in? I don't know about you this morning, but I'm all in. Listen, listen, we're too close to the end, friend. We're too close to the end to get out now, man. I'm telling you, the hotter it gets, the closer it is to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more wicked and vile and things that happen in this world that happen. Listen, why are we surprised? Jesus told us, the word of God told us what's going to happen in the last days. Listen, Jesus is coming. But before Jesus comes, man, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And listen, he's coming for a pure bride, a bride that without spot and without wrinkle, without any, without any blemish, he's coming for a righteous, uh, a righteous bride that that is uh, arrayed in the righteousness of the robe of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's, uh, he's not coming for the wishy-washy. He's not coming for the half in, half out. He's coming for those that are all in. I don't know about you this morning, but I stand here and I declare today that I am all in. I've come too far to turn back now. I'm all in and I'm staying all in, whatever the cost, because I want to spend eternity in the presence of the Lord. If you agree with that this morning, give the Lord a shout of praise in his house today. 
Amen. Well, the takeaway for the message today is simply this. People who are all in with Jesus will prove it through their actions. Prove it through their actions. Father, we thank you today, Father, for your infallible, life-altering, life-changing, miracle-working word. God, I just pray today, Father, Lord, that you today, God, will minister through this word today and through your Holy Spirit today. And God, if there's anyone in this room today and they're not all in with you, today will be the day that they will make the decision to be all in for Jesus. Jesus.